I'm Trey Gons Phillips, and welcome to the Prodigal Stories Podcast, a show where Billy Hallowell and I take you through some of the most powerful stories of the day, stories of hope, transformation, and intrigue. On today's episode, we welcome Marcus Pittman, the founder of the burgeoning streaming platform Lore, a space dedicated to creating compelling content by reimagining what Christian entertainment can truly be. So without further ado, let's welcome Marcus to the podcast. Marcus Pittman, thanks so much for joining us. How are you doing? Thanks for having me. Well, so we're going to talk about lore in a couple minutes because that is is why we're here. Uh, it's your crowdfunded streaming platform that's uh, now off the ground and running. Uh, but first, I want to talk a little bit about your background. How did you come to faith? When did you come to be a believer? Yes, I was... Uh, brought up in a Christian household, um, went to probably the same church all, most all my life, uh, a little Baptist church here in Virginia. And uh, I, I remember I, I uh, said the sinner's prayer when I was like four years old. <laughs> and uh, I, I believe to this day that's when it worked. <laughs> I, I said the sinner's prayer several times at every Bible camp ever um, through all my life. But the first time I did it was when I was about four years old, and I think that was the one that it, for me. So, but yeah, so I've, there's never been like really a time where I don't remember. Um, just always born and raised in a Christian home, and just had that that covenant blessing all my life, and so I'm really thankful for that. Did you ever experience any doubt or drifting, you know, throughout your journey? No, I, I no, I did. Um, I, th- there was a time I remember I got really into listening to atheist debates, like Christian atheist debates, but, mm-hmm. uh, it wasn't out of doubt. It was just, I just had questions. Um, and so that just made my faith really stronger. So, uh, yeah, so no, there wasn't there. I, you know, I don't have the, I've done drugs and then, you know, was in a dark alley when I, you know, found a Bible in a trash can story. I don't have that. <laughs> so I've just, I have just. Sounds I've like just... a good headline, Marcus. <laughs> it wouldn't make for a much better story, but uh, it's just, it's, I don't have that, um, thankfully. Um, uh, you know, went, went to, you know, government school and um, just, you know, did youth group and just like a normal Christian you know story (laughs) yeah so you know i mean that's i I think so many millions of people obviously have that story that's similar to the story that i had growing up in a christian home as well and i I think we downplay that but there's a a great deal of blessing and in not having to go through a lot of those uh those dark moments that you just referenced you know it's not really a (laughs) yeah no it's i i would never want it any other way it's just not as interesting on a podcast right yeah that's true (laughs) that's true but we're we're grateful for the the boring simple testimonies too yes they're good they're good it's good that you never have to go through those things that are, you know, even if you grow up in the church and then you drift away and come back, it's always better to not drift away if you can still get right. through that journey without doing that. So props right. to That's you. Correct. <laughs> yeah. So I want to pivot a little bit and, you know, was, was entertainment and, and being in the entertainment industry always something that was on your radar? Were you passionate about this as a kid? How did that come about? No, I, uh, I was actually like really involved in like computers and IT stuff. Um, so like back, you know, back in the day when I was in high school, you know, I was part of like the group of kids that knew more about computers than the computer teachers. Um, 
because they were just kind of given that job because, you know, it all, you know, computers were all thing. Um, and so I was part of that crowd. And then I went to um, network security college um, for a brief time. I just got really bored um, and then wound up going to, uh, I just, I just wanted more theology stuff. So I wound up going to Liberty university for, uh, about a year and a half. I, uh, and like tried to major in youth ministry until I realized, uh, I'm on, only like song level youth pastors will be able to afford the college tuition. I was like, this, this is not me. Uh, but during those summer breaks, while I was at Liberty, I was a Bible camp counselor at a Bible camp. And, um, uh, one year the asked me if I wanted to, uh, instead of being a camp counselor, could I film the kids and make videos every week for them about their week? Do that, but I, I didn't know how to do it. Um, but I had about three months to learn, and I figured out as much as I could and uh, sort of started a program for the kids every week and um, at that camp, and then went from there to got an uh, internship at a local TV uh, government school uh, TV station um, and then started just doing work uh, briefly uh, worked for wretched TV with Todd Friel for a while and then um, started apologies with Jeff Durbin um, and built that up to about 250,000 subscribers headed up a uh, video production for the ad agency that did pure flex um, and just sort of all of that sort of taught me um, everything that was wrong with Christian media. <laughs> I thought I should be the guy that tries and fix it. <laughs> so here I am. <laughs> what was the, what was the, cause obviously what you just described is a long journey that started, yeah. you know, you know, when you were young and I love that camp story, yeah. you know, somebody said to you, Hey, you want to, you want to try doing this. And that's so often the starting point for us in life to yeah. find what it is that we love and what we want to do. But you traveled on that journey. Was there a moment or, sort of a pinnacle where you said, I'm going to do this. I'm going to move into a streaming platform like Laura. I want to create something. Do you have that sort of moment or was it just a gradual thing? No, it was, it was a moment. Uh, I, I, it was, uh, I, so I went, um, after I left the ad agency that was doing pure Flix's marketing. And I said, uh, uh, I, 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 I I just want to make a movie for a year. If you could figure out a way in the budget to hire me to make a movie in a year, like I, I want to just spend a year and make a documentary film. That's what he, we wound up doing. And I made the sequel uh, to Babies Are Murdered Here called Babies Are Still Murdered Here, which is still on YouTube. You can still watch it. And I encourage everyone to do that, especially now uh, that Roe v. Wade might be overturned. It's really critical. Uh, it's getting a little boost, but we put it, we had a big billboard up in Arizona. It said, babies are still murdered here. Watch on Amazon prime. And then Amazon prime like kicked it off. I said, we have a Christians have a real problem here. Um, one is there wasn't any funding available. There's no funding methods for Christians. Babies. Um, and two, there's no distrib There's no real good distribution options. Um, so funding and distribution always felt was a problem. And so I just I was like, well, how come those two aren't combined? You have Kickstarter and you have Netflix, but no one's made like Kickstarter and Netflix together as one sort of thing. And so I 
started talking about it with people. Um, and then I got introduced to one person after the other until eventually uh, we raised a half a million dollars for our seed round. And um, that's how we built everything that we've built now. And um, we have about 30 uh, movies and TV shows, signed contracts ready to go. Um, and uh, yeah, we're, start, we're in the beta phase right now um, with an actual functioning website. <laughs> and uh, took about two years just to get to this point. And uh, it's been going really well. Um, and our user growth has been incredible. And we're ready to move on to the next stages. So. You know, there there have been so many different people and uh, you know, different methods and how uh, Christians have tried to, to break into the entertainment industry. And now as somebody who's spearheading uh, a platform that's obviously right in the entertainment field, why is it that you think it's important and, and valuable for Christians to occupy that space? Well, I, I think mainly because um, best artists um, that I, I think uh, they have the worldview that's capable of understanding what a good story is, uh, mm -hmm. despite algorithms, <laughs> right, or attempts, right? And so uh, that is, you know, you see that now, like Netflix, or, you know, the, they'll, they'll just, just put out nonsense and diversity casting and just ruin movies and TV shows. Um, and then, you know, they'll put out a winner, like uh, Disney Plus will put out The Mandalorian, and they don't know why it's a hit. You know, they yeah. they didn't even have, you know, uh, they didn't have uh, Baby Yoda merch ready to go the first season uh, for Christmas. They lost that whole thing. They didn't know why it was a hit. They couldn't understand it. But as a Christian, we can look at Mandalorian and say, oh, this is a father protecting his son. This That's the premise. That's what wins. Um, and they don't have that. They have algorithms uh, that are sort of disconnected from being an image bearer and so it's they're incapable of sort of making those sort of connections and so when when our strategies for determining what is a good movie or what is not a good movie is based on just uh uh soulless data i think uh we we forget um what makes a good story and so uh for us we're like a good story is when we can't stop sitting down after we hear the pitch and so that you can't quantify that uh, but uh, it's a, we know. So, you know, because we're image bearers and God's given us a knowledge of what is good art and what is not. Well, and you're talking about good storytelling and you're entering into a space that right now is very crowded in general, the streaming space, right? Everybody's streaming, but our space, the, the faith space is actually not as crowded. There are some players in there. A couple real mm -hmm. specialty players as well uh, for kids that are streaming. What is it that makes Lore different? And why are you hoping that difference, or rather, what are you hoping that difference does to your growth? Yeah, so um, what, one of the main things I think what we're trying to do is, is within the Christian faith-based space, all the film, all the movies and TV shows have to be for someone who's like uh, for fi a five-year-old and 95-year-old have to sit on the same couch together uh, and they have to watch the same show. But if you go to a Christian bookstore or I mean, when those existed, uh, yeah. you go in a Christian bookstore, you would have an adult section, you would have a kid section, you would have, right? You would just have a variety of content for different age groups. Um, and so what we wanted, we, we thought is like, well, what does, you know, a Christian movie look like when the kids go to bed? Like what's the thing that the parents watch like parents christians watch fox news and the kids don't want to watch fox news right there's always content that christian 
uh, parents watch when the kids go to bed. And Sarah's like, yeah, but so, you know, why is nobody trying to do that? Everybody's trying to make um, every single show family-friendly for everybody, and that's just not how stories work. Some stories are for kids, some stories are for teenagers, some stories are for adults, um, and nobody wants to watch <laughs> each other's uh, stories, right? And so, um, uh, you know, you talk to parents about how frustrated they are because their kid just watches you know, uh, <laughs> whatever the hottest, you know, two-year-old programming is on Netflix, it drives parents crazy. Um, so, so there, there are, there are shows for different. And, and so what we try to say is, well, what, what is, what does the MTV of Christian films look like? What is the art house of Christian films where the artists can just make what they want? They're a Christian. We trust them. Just make what you want and just make something really great. And so that's sort of what, what our, what our platform allows people to do. It allows the, the monthly subscriber to spend their monthly subscription funding uh, the content uh, and movies and TV shows that they want to see. And so, for example, we have two documentaries out right now. One is um, a paranormal ghost hunting uh, docu-series that's about, uh, really about demon possession in West Virginia and how the pastors are dealing with it, shot, you know, through ghost hunting paranormal style. And then uh, when each episode hits 100%, um, and funding, it streams immediately, so you don't know when the next show is going to stream. It's been really exciting and fun to sort of watch that happen. As you know, a show gets to like ninety-seven percent, and you know, the internet's like are talking about how they're trying to make popcorn fast enough before the show starts. And so, like, you just don't know. Like, it's not next week. It's not you know, it could be one day or two days after. And so, um, just been a really fun process watching that and sort of the organic nature of sort of people talking about those sort of things. And it allows, because the the subscribers are funding it and they're paying for it, it allows the artist to just be free and try things and see what works and see what doesn't um, and not, you know, go with the traditional models that are were made for, you know, 35-year-old moms who shop at Lifeway Christian Bookstores, which is a majority of our Christian films are made for. And so, uh, which worked really well. Um, that's created a huge industry. Um but I think uh, the younger generations aren't going to watch Hallmark-style movies. It's just not going to happen. And so uh, there needs to be a real shift and change in terms of what is uh, Christian or conservative entertainment, really. Yeah. You know, I think the the multi-layered, different genre um, platform that you're creating is interesting. I think there's a lot of merit to what you're saying. And I actually wanted to ask you about uh, Dark Holler because it is interesting to be towing that line and also still uh, mm -hmm. being faith-based. And you know, so what was what has that been like, producing a series that does not generally in people's minds fall into the Christian entertainment category? Well, yeah, well, Dark Hollers is our most watched show right now in our beta, uh, most talked about. People really love it. Um, I, I, I think people are just, uh, there's there was a lot of people who have said, you know, I, I, I was not going to watch that, but I decided since the episode was available, I, he's, they're like, I didn't fund it, but uh, the episode was available because when you, when you fund a show, uh, when a show is funded, uh, it's for everybody, whether they funded it or not. That's the other key difference. Um, and so um, they, they said, well, I just watched the pilot. And I was like, this is one of the best documentary series I've ever seen. Um, and it's not, it's not horror in the sense of, you know, you would think of it. It's, sure. it's just, it's, it's a docu-series. Um, but yeah, people have doubts. And then, you know, when they watch it, they're like, this has opened up a whole new form of storytelling i didn't know christians could even take part in um because just other platforms won't allow it and so that's sort of what we hope to do and then that frees up artists to be able to tell those stories and 
make the content they've always wanted to make that no one would let them. And so. So it sounds like as long as things are going to be biblically sound, that you're going to allow people to stretch the boundaries, to move into areas that we haven't really seen in the streaming Christian space. Would that be accurate? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, we have all sorts of crazy stuff uh, that's, that's coming out um, re really soon. Um, uh, we, we just, we just, uh, yesterday we just, uh, launched, uh, we just previewed a, a show that we're doing called Breaking Laws, which is, it's like dirty jobs meets good eats. And it's about a guy who goes to, um, different states and tries to break the most absurd laws on the books, which is like, you know, it's illegal to sleep in a doghouse or it's, uh, illegal to sit on the beach and knit during fishing season, like those sort of things. And then, you know, he calls the police and, you know, tells them to arrest him and finds out why the police don't enforce the laws and then goes to politicians and ask why they're still on the books if no one enforces them and they're, or they're dumb. And so that, like, that's a really cool show that it's not really, you, you know, like Christians, we own all stories, so they don't have to be faith based, right? They don't have to hit that fit that genre. We own all things. We have another uh, film uh, that's won several film festival awards that we're gonna be that's gonna be exclusive to us called Follow the Dead. It's a zombie movie, um, and it and that movie is just about it's a zombie horror comedy in Ireland, and it's really it's really just about. Um, whether or not you believe uh, what you see on your phone, if you're stuck in your phone and, you know, what, what media is true and what is not, you know, it's about these kids who, uh, you know, don't believe that zombies are attacking right outside their door because it's all TikTok videos. Right. And so, so like, you know, so there's a lot of stories, some are faith-based, some are not, they're just good stories done by Christians. And they're just, you know, that's, we want to give artists the freedom to do. So from reality television to uh, animated cartoons, um, we, we have a very wide selection that we have already, so. Well, before we let you go, Marcus, I wanted to ask, because I'm sure a lot of people will be wondering, what was the motivation behind the name? What does lore mean? Yeah, so it comes from folklore, um, but it also comes from uh, uh, the term laurels, which uh, if you, you know, like Sundance Film Festival or the, or the Cannes Film Festival, when a movie wins an award, they give them like the ivy laurels. And so that means an award or a gift. And basically that's where we get it from folklore, the stories, um, epic stories. And, uh, you know, which is the legends that, you know, those ivy, those ivy branches come from. Uh, that's sort of just where all that sort of it came from. And it was a cool way to, we didn't want to make like a, we wanted, we want, we want to build a global brand, not a, not a Christian version of something. So we wanted something that was, you know, a four letter domain. Um, and uh, that could be a global brand, much like Chick-fil-A or Hobby Lobby is. Um, and so that's sort of the plan and, and, and uh, the goal of that was just uh, how we came up with it. And uh, I found out later that L-O-O-R actually means praise in Spanish, but that wasn't intentional. <laughs> but, oh, look at that. Look yeah, at but that. there you go. So it means praise, <laughs> award, gift, that sort of thing. So um, yeah. yeah, that's exactly where it comes from. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Marcus, uh, for joining us uh, on the Prodigal Stories podcast. If you want to learn more about the platform, you can go to lore.tv. Uh, thanks, Marcus. That was Marcus Pittman, the founder of Lore, a brand new faith-based streaming platform that's really starting to to draw attention uh, right now among among a whole lot of people. So, Billy, what did you think about our conversation with Marcus? Yeah, I thought it was interesting to hear from somebody having kind of worked in that faith entertainment mm -hmm. space a little bit 
um, hearing from somebody who wants to kind of reimagine the way that that is done. And there are a lot of people in that entertainment space trying to bring these faith-based stories out and a lot of amazing filmmakers and um, showrunners. And so to hear about this platform that's kind of looking at it in a different way, it was inspiring to me. And I thought you know, the one thing to me that was most intriguing was the breadth of content, the different types of content mm -hmm. that I think some of the streamers haven't attempted in the faith space, different topics, even like spiritual warfare, that I thought, wow, that's really interesting that they're willing to go there. Yeah, I thought it was interesting, too, that he uh, that he said, I think he hit the nail on the head when he said that the best art should be coming from Christians, right? Because we are uh, obviously committed our lives to the greatest artist, who is God, who's the creator of everything. Um, so all of that creativity flows out of him and into us and then out into the world. So uh, we certainly, I completely agree with him, we should be creating the best art. And I did think it was fascinating that he, because right now, if you go to any any faith-based streaming platform or any faith-based film producer or whatever. And I think they do so, particularly as the years go by and we've kind of refined and, and have, have grown and uh, the budgets have gotten larger for different projects. There are a whole lot of different platforms that are putting out really excellent content, um, but it is unique uh, to lore uh, that they're wanting to really create a whole bunch of genres like you were mentioning. And it, it doesn't have to be something that uh, your five-year-old can sit down with and, and, everybody in the family on up in age can all watch together. There are going to be some things that are, you know, restricted to somebody who's a little bit older or uh, genres that might bother some people be okay with other people. Um, but still all of it at the end of the day has a redemptive thread to it, which I think is encouraging because it, it does show that there can be a lot of breadth uh, in Christian entertainment. That's right. And I think a lot of Christian entertainment has kind of held back because, well, first of all, there's different types. There's Christian entertainment that is made for a Christian audience, right, with a redemptive yeah. message always. There's also entertainment that's trying to reach the outside world, right? And the way you would do those storylines is very different. It seems like what they're doing here is they're really open again to presenting different genres, different types of stories, reality TV down to interesting films. And so I think we need more of this. We need we need different types of Christian entertainment and really test the waters to activate the different audiences out there. A lot of us are watching whatever whatever's out there on other streamers that are not faith-based because we want to be entertained. And so trying to figure out what's the best way to entertain people and to give them what it is they're looking for other places, but to do it with a redemptive message, that is just amazing to me. So I love I love what he's trying to do. Yeah, for sure. And look, I want to put you on the spot, Billy, just because I want to ask you a quick question. So you are working all the time. Like you're, you, you do work all the time. Like, I don't know how you make time to sleep, but so you also four don't watch a whole day, four hours a night. See, that's crazy. You like that. Is, that's the sleep schedule of a crazy person. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but you uh, you also don't watch a whole lot of TV because you're working and you're with your family, you're with your wife, whatever. So I want to ask, what is it that that catches your attention for the things that you do decide to sit down and watch? What's the stuff that draws you in? You know, the things that draw me in, honestly, it doesn't take a lot. Like I don't, <laughs> which I know sounds absolutely terrible, but it does not take a lot for me to be entertained. I I like things that are going to leave me feeling like I either learned something or I walked away with mm. a powerful message, right? And it could be that it was a hard thing to watch, but that the message in the end was positive, right? Or that the message in the end showed me that through a character's mistakes and errors, 
they were redeemed. Um, so yeah. I know that's a really general answer. What I don't like are things that leave me feeling like, oh, why did I watch that? And there was no real takeaway at the end. I don't right. know. So, for, so like, that's all I look for. So that could be a reality show. It could be, you know, even even a scary movie, but that has a purpose that is positive. What about yeah. for you? Well, so I asked you that because I know that you've you've been doing this kind of work and we've been covering entertainment for so long. So I was just curious. But I also I wanted to ask because I actually have the same feeling is like if I'm going to watch something that at the end of the day I get through the series or the episode or movie, whatever it is. And I think there was no there was no real story there. Like it was just about scaring me or uh, there was no value there. If it was a reality show, it was just about drama and gossip. And so if, if there's no purpose to it, then it's like. Yeah, maybe I was entertained for an hour, but am I better for it or am I worse off? And I think so much of our entertainment makes us worse off, which I think is is why something like Lore and and so many and Angel Studios is another one, and and the Chosen, all this stuff that that are putting out this redemptive content. It looks different from platform to platform, right? But it, it's nice to see that they are are staying true to the Christian message, which is having an arc of redemption. So I I just I think it's it's important to have that in any any creativity, but especially if it's coming from a Christian. Yeah, you know, for me, for me, that's like the key. If it's not, if it doesn't have that redemption, and I do think there are people who don't want to see the harder parts. They don't want to see the gritty mm -hmm. parts, right? And there's content that you can watch that doesn't show that. I don't mind that as long as that redemptive piece is there. Yeah, no, absolutely. Well, we could go on and on and talk about this stuff forever. I'm a movie buff and a, a series. I, I, I consume so much TV that I probably... I probably need to stop, but now I'm going to add lore to what I'm going to what get, what I'm going to have to do. You love a good movie. You watching. do. You love a good movie theater too. Oh, I love going to. Uh, COVID was hard for many reasons, but because I couldn't <laughs> go to the movie theater. Uh, well, I'm glad that's over, and then I can go and sit and enjoy movies again. Um, so, yeah. But anyway, look, that's all the time that we have for this conversation. I hope y'all were all encouraged by our conversation with Marcus Pittman. Join us next week for another episode of the Prodigal Stories podcast. You can find it wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs>